And welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X, and the Cultured Scientist. That's right. We have a returning guest in the Cultured Scientist. Listen, y'all. I got to get these jokes in because I won't be able to do it for a while. But I am glad that you are back. Yeah, I am. Yeah, how's it feel to be back in the house again, back-to-back weeks? You know, it's fun. It's nice. Cool, cool, cool. I'm cool, awake. Cool, 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 cool. Today was hard. Oh yeah, life be life in sometimes, but we'll get to that in, at another point. But um, here on the Truth and Transparency podcast, we talk openly, honestly about everything in between, why people can't get right in 2023, and um, whoo, this is a lot going on. Uh, shout out to well, I won't say shout out, but um, Mariah Mills, please stop it, get some help. The fact that you got yourself suspended by arguing with your damn self, like. I don't want to be in another man's pants, but um, whatever Zion did to you, that is a type of crazy we do not need in this life. Is that the one that's mad that the other one got pregnant? Yes, yeah. They, but basically, she got pregnant first, but she's still willing to love this dude. There's bits and pieces, but, but yes, basically. Shout out to my coworkers for keeping me young. Yes. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, she got... um. Got her account suspended and then reactivated. I'm like, dog, she must have took a trip to Elon Musk and, um, yeah, you know the rest. <laughs> All right, but... Because she's a porn star, right? Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny. He, she is inactive. She is an OnlyFans person. That's that's the extent of what she is now. She used to be. The OnlyFans be on Pornhub, too. Well, all right, so what we're going to go ahead and do is introduce our guest this week. We have Mr. Smith, the man of many nicknames and many verses and many games that he likes to play. Mr. Smith, introduce yourself. Oh, culture scientist, two points. That was a way, way to, it was like, you can't really defend that. I mean, technically you can because to her credit, she has retired from traditional porn as of, I want to say 2019 or 2020. But she's one of them OnlyFans. I'm going to get naked and you got to pay $11.99 or $12.99, whatever it is, to see her. Whatever. But I, I I agree. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Anywho. Was a legit question. I didn't know. No, I was like, no, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. Um, anywho. It's your fair, 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 Mr. Smith, also known as the soundbite poppy. Uh, also known as Mr. LeBron James. And I want to thank all the listeners for the comments, the plates, and subscriptions. Keep feeding us. We're keeping y'all. Number one, shout out to Pay Out of Culture Podcast for always showing us love and support. Uh, please continue to run up those numbers for them as well as us. Number two, uh, make sure that you check your mental health, folks. You know, summer's coming out. Everything's brighter. It's a good time. But, you know, with, with holidays and stuff coming up, just check on your strong friends because we do be needing that sometimes. And then number three, I'm going to bring this up. I had it on my Instagram, but I'm going to bring this up uh, with y'all. It says, uh, if a gang war broke out between PS118, that is Hey Arnold, for those that don't know, and Third mm-hmm. Street School, which is Recess, for those that don't know, these are cartoons, people. If you are not old enough to know this, anywho, um, if a gang war broke out between those two schools, which school wins? I personally said PS118 is not even close. They washed Third Street School between Torvald, Tor- Torvald Wolfgang, Stu Kid, and Ludwig alone is killing the rest of Third Third Street School. And then you throw in Stoop Kid and Chocolate Boy, 
It's a wrap. Not even close. No, we don't need Chocolate Boy get y'all all sticky and then slide everywhere. Y'all won't be able to walk. Dog, <laughs> Chocolate Boy is from Florida. That's all you need to know. True. Chocolate Boy is Florida man. True. That's all you need to know. Okay. I didn't even think about that, but now I cannot look at Chocolate Boy the same again. God damn it. He's also like the dev uh greased up guy from Family Guy. Bruh. Get out of there. <laughs> greasy white persons. Chocolate grease. Chocolate grease. Point to each other. Chocolate grease. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no, I, th- I think I think we're in the we're in a good spot. Before we go any further, we'd be remiss if we didn't go ahead and do our quick mental health check-in. Uh coach of scientists, how are you feeling? Mm, better than earlier, but you know, my motto is just keep swimming, just keep smiling, just keep swimming, just keep smiling. Because, and then as I do that, I think, uh, you know, my favorite uh, father-in-law, you know, and just keep taking small bites out of the elephant and something will give and something positive will continue to come through. So I stay positive because it's, it's better than being sad personally for me. When I'm sad, it sucks. But today was sleepy. Respect, respect, respect. I'm gonna get you a little a little chart for all the seven doors and you just clip it for what you're feeling for that day. Does that work? What if I have multiple? We should just do like that. I'll get you two paper clips. Just do it at the doctor's office and have like the smiley faces of how are you feeling today? Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. We'll get, we'll use some of our non-existent funds to make that for you. All right. So it'll be all pictures of Ruth. What how Groot are oh you? Oh my today? goodness, that would be the cutest thing. I should make that to give to doctor's offices and I should get paid. You could, you could. You're also going to get copyrighted by uh, Disney, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh-oh. All right. But um, Mrs. they may not get it. But Mr. Smith, how are you doing? Um, In some pain. Uh, apparently, uh, for someone that has gone 35 years of life without a cavity, apparently I have a cracked tooth. And this bitch hurts like a motherfucker. So, uh, ooh. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening. I'm trying my best not to curse too much anymore. All I know is, um, I told you about eating all them crabs raw, man. That's what happened to your teeth. There was there's so many ways you could take that sentence, but I'm going to I'm going to refine myself and continue on. Anywho, um, which honestly, funny enough, uh, fun fact, that's probably how my tooth got cracked was the fact that, uh, shout out to my ex, uh, we ended up, we tried to we tended to crack the Claws of crabs with the back of our teeth, and that's probably how that transpired. So, but anywho, things that niggas from Maryland say. <laughs> no, no, no. Things that people from Baltimore say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but no, outside of that, honestly, I'm just counting down for this vacation that me and Teacher Bear are gonna take. Uh, we are leaving. Uh. The, well, by the time the people hear this episode, it'll be the following Wednesday and desperately needed. So from there, once that gets done, then I have my appointment the following Tuesday, get this sucker taken care of. And then, yeah, I'm just, life is life, man. It's a lot. It's a lot happening right now. Yes, culture scientist. So are you drugged up right now? No, not at all. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> so you feel everything? I don't feel so it's funny. I don't feel pain in the tooth. I have a small like bite cut thing whatever on my tongue, 
but it's like literally rubbing against the bottom of my teeth. So it gets irritated all the time. So it's like, that's really the biggest thing that's hurting right now, but. We're I mean, sorry that you are, we, that we're having you, you know, the podcast today. I mean, so, yeah. Oh, trust that's me, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm just gonna take a shot when I get upstairs. I'll be good and dandy. You know, alcohol oh, cures okay. everything. So it's not going to be repaired until after your vacation? I'm going to make it not give me pain to after my vacation. I'm going to be so drunk that it will not give me pain to after my vacation. Yeah, you can't have me fine dining while you're on the trip then. <laughs> Says who? Don't <laughs> <laughs> <Go> eat <through. laughs> Listen. <laughs> Mama ain't raised no whip. <laughs> Listen. Hard hat on. Strap up. Let's go. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Got got the steel toe boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Clock Don't in. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sticking in the overtime. My mind went to a different direction. I don't know what you're talking about. So we're actually going to go ahead and move forward. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! Ah, you, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, by myself, it, it's an interesting place. We're going, we're going to, uh, we're going to get to it later in today's topic. But um, I, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm mentally a lot better because I remember on the last podcast we reminded our listeners who are invited to the wedding to um RSVP. Yeah, people didn't listen. So after I entered in some names and some RCPs for them because I knew they were going to be there, just, just didn't do it. Um, Yeah, I had to hit the big red button where I sent, boop. All right, this is your reminder from the website. Please do RSVP before we start eliminating people. Not in those exact words, but you get the point. So we went from 47 people to, as of right now, we're looking at... There were people who are two people were added from the time that you first looked. How about I say we are currently at the total of 96 people. I won't go into what the final number is supposed to be, but just know that it has gone up dramatically and it continues to go up. We got to the 30th. Yep, you got to the 30th. You, you got to the 30th. How about I say there ain't gonna be no exceptions. Also, I might I meant to say in my mental health check real quick. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited because next week I'm going home, but I'm also very sad because I'm going home for a sad reason. We are celebrating the life of my brother. Um, and yeah, so, but I get to go home and see my parents and my sissy and my nephews and, you know, spend some quality family time that is well needed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I just, it, we're, brains in a lot of different places. Wish Brother X was coming, but, you know, I'm laughing. I about to say, dog, I, they, they're going to look at me crazy if I take off any more time before the end of the school year. <laughs> right now, I'm currently the only specialist teacher in right now. My other two teammates are both tracked out for the rest of the week. Dog, I about to say I feel like the lonely kid at school that got left and then get picked up until like two hours later. When I was just like sitting in my office, I'm like, I don't got any friends to talk to. I don't want to go talk to my coworkers. I don't like them. <laughs> yes, Mr. Smith. I just forgot one last thing on my uh mental health check. Apparently, the black crew from my job, because you brought up work, all the black crew is gone. I am the last remaining of the black. Yes, the people that you came up with when we were at um, Uncle Julio's. Yes. Yeah, all of them are gone. The last wow. one is rolling off at the end of this month, and I am the last wow. remaining of that group. Which is crazy right. because I was the one. I was the one that came in first. Right. And let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, maybe seven, all gone. I'm like, this is wild. It's craziness. So, needless to say, you know how I really don't be minding, I be minding my business, drinking my water, doing my work, nigga. 
I really ain't gonna talk to nobody now. Exactly. So, Mr. Smith, how are the white kids? I, I don't like you. So, what do you think about the game last night? Get out my face. <laughs> so, what about those paperwork? Nigga, read your email. Per my last email, I don't like you. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Emphasis. You forgot one thing. Reg um, uh, what is it? Ah, the R word. Crap, it just lost me. Oh, respectfully. So, so <laughs> signature line. Because <laughs> my last email, um, I do not speak to you during my work hours. I do not speak to you during my off hours. How can you tell a black person that's trying to be politely rude? How? Oh, yes. These are all the ways. Yes. Very true. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that, that that's that's where I'm at mentally. So we're going to go ahead and move on real quick. We got a quick here for you guys. So um, apparently police is still in the milkshaking biz, milkshaking, milkshake making business, if I can speak, right? Because apparently there are some rumors, there are some discussions that um, the Ghostbuster, um, like legend actor himself, apparently uh, won him a chocolate milkshake, and apparently Bill Murray and Kalise, yes, that Kalise that was selling uh, fish place outside the BET Awards, um, apparently they are either dating or it is it is rumored. So let sources say that the pair were also together at the same hotel and have been getting close for a while after the first meeting in their native U.S. They have reportedly bonded since Khalees' second second husband died in March last year while Bill Murray's estranged wife passed away in 2021. Father of Six Bill was pictured during Khalees' set at the Mighty Hoopla Festival in Brockwell Park in South London. Listeners, I didn't know on um, your bingo card for things that happened in 2023. I did not know this this was a thing. I don't know how I feel. I'm like, cool, do your thing. But um, hey, everybody like a milkshake? You like a little chocolate drop? I I, I just honestly, and maybe this is just the way I think. Who cares? Honestly, if they're dating, hey. They are two consenting adults. If they're not dating, no, Khalees has been on her farm. I mean, yeah, Khalees has been on her farm just minding her damn business. And then Bill Murray is Bill Murray. So if it's rumored, if they're dating, cool. But if it's rumored, like, let them just live. It's, it's you know, if you're bored, go touch grass. The end. Yeah. What do you feel, Coach Sciences? I see you, you look not deep in thought, but you're pondering. You have a pondering face. So when I, so my phone gives me like these news updates. Usually to me, it's like a clickbait. Um, and there was, the title of this popped up on one of my things. And I click it because I thought it was just clickbait. For real. Um, when I see the picture and I think the word's dating, I will admit that my face did like a turn up thing just because Picturing them together as a couple just threw me off for us like a moment. So that's what I was, that's more of what my face was trying to like wrap around completely. I don't, it sounds like they met over both grieving and things. Yeah. And the industry and just really getting to know each other that way. And then to Mr. Smith's point, I'm also the same accord. Who gives a shit? Yeah, um, very real. And this, you know, and then lastly, you know, if he is getting a little milk shut, 
You know, the man's 72. He's a great actor. He's a legend. Like, I'm about to say, you know this man can't you know, eat solid food, so he, he gotta have something soft to drink. The, the pose, that, the face that he's making... Wait, wait, no. You gonna give me that solid. <laughs> oh my God. Ooh. The face that he is making is like, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm the shit. Like, it's Bill Murray. Okay. I'm about to say, you know he told her, hey, girl, I can't drink the milkshake normally, but let me take my teeth out real quick. Fam, I'm a corner, no, 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 corner, no, no, no. corner. Get the freak in the corner now. And then what is it? You know, she, you know, she's like the queen of a tree. Marriage, married Jay. So he at that age where you know he might need some marriage Jay. Oh, you and know he, they smoke. You know the finest. He's of teaching. You know they teach each other a few things. Yeah, they let enjoy each other's company. My question is, is why got to be sexual? I'm about to say, when he when she has to explain, yeah, I used to date this rapper. He's like, oh, yeah, what rapper? Nas. Oh, God, that'd be so awkward. What, they can never him? listen to him. Yeah, yeah. You never... know, I guarantee you Bill Murray know who Nas is. Probably blast his music. I would not be surprised by that. Yeah, I'm about to say, he, he is, he's not top 10 on cool white dudes, but he's like 11 or 12. Yeah. He's, he is like, I'm, not that they care about my approval, but it's like one of those, Cool. If it happens, cool. It's just weird, you know. That's about it for yeah. me. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? Uh, but yeah, no, that was just something that I found very interesting. Um, but with that being said, we're actually gonna go straight into um our next segment, which is Mr. Smith Sports Center. Cue the copyrighted music. Okay. This is gonna be fast and I don't know what. So, NHL. Shout out to culture scientists and mama scientists, Vegas Golden Knights. They have officially won the Stanley Cup, which is crazy to think because the team was just created like six years ago. And that that's just insane. It's like, yeah, we created, built through the draft, got our players, and won the whole daggone thing. Insane. So NHL is NHL is over, and now they're, I guess, moving into the offseason for the NFL. Many camps are starting to begin. They've had them. I think they've had already organized OTAs, organized team activities. Um, they've had. They're having uh, mandatory mini camps now. Um, I know for the Ravens, Lamar is looking crisp. But again, it's one thing to see it in mini camp. It's another thing to see it in the actual game. So we'll see what happens. But looking promising. Um, also for the so to the NBA, Denver did it. They beat the Miami Heat 4-1, uh, or be, beat the Miami Heat in, uh, in game five, and they won the whole entire series 4-1, which is funny because shout out to Daddy Smith. I told you Miami was going to get one. They weren't going to win more than one, but I said they were going to get at least one. Uh, so Jokic is the MVP of, of the whole finals, which is, you know, that's not even a no-brainer, unanimous. But it's funny because on his podium, he was like, they were like, you know, how do you feel about the parade, da 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 whatever. And you can tell this man don't give, he gives zero craps. He's wait, just like, wait, Mr. Smith, hold on. The listen, I don't think you understand. If, you, if you've ever envisioned the embodiment of, dog, I did my job. I fit my quota. I did what you asked me to do. Dog, I just want to go home and be a family man. Continue, because tell them how, how you responded to hearing about the parade. So he legit is like the, the the he's doing media, you know. He's already had his fun. Uh, and there's a video of him like push 
pulling, dropping, whatever, uh, Jamal Murray into the bath, jacuzzi, whatever they have at the at the medical facility. Um, and then when the when the reporter was like, "Yeah, so you know, how do you feel about the parade?" At first, he was thinking like, "Is the parade tonight?" Then they were like, "Oh no, the parade's Thursday." He's like, "Ah, oh, oh, come on, I just want to go home." <laughs> that man legit no, was like, "I don't care. Like, I don't want to be here." <laughs> He's like, look, I did what y'all asked. I got you your ring. Can I go? I just, I mean, and listeners, he's not talking about home as in wherever he lives in Denver. That man want to go home and see his family in Serbia. Like, he wants to go home, home. And usually in the offseason, that's usually what he does. But, you know, because he went all the way to the finals, he's like, all right, cool. We got it. Great. I love it. Let me go home. Like, this man is legit. I come in. I clock in. I do what I need to do. I go home. The end. He don't care about nothing else. So it's going. It's really interesting to see that, but it's also kind of like the better team won. Honestly, the Nuggets were the more superior team of the entire playoffs. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks had the better record, but it was pretty much on if Giannis could drop 40 a game. And once he got injured in game one, it was like, yeah, okay. Whereas this is the first time I've seen the Nuggets fully healthy. In an entire like postseason, so yeah, they're 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 gonna be really they're gonna be really hard to beat come next year. But uh, on that, Zion Williamson and Mariah Mills, as we talked about earlier, Mariah has been going on for like I think at the time of this recording, we're talking about seven days, six weeks, a week, and like she's still going. Which after talking to Teacher Bay, I kind I get it. Like she's hurt, she's gonna do that because. A woman is scorned, and she's done everything that she wanted to do. But granted, she's probably mad because she wasn't the one that wanted to get pregnant, and this other girl beat her to it. But she's going to vent out and do all that stuff. It's just the fact that Twitter had to literally ban your account because you were, like, harassing this man. Like, you were adding him in every every tweet. But Yeah, like, he legitimately could have sued her for harassment. Mm-hmm. And the most... Not to mention what you said. I thought about it. So, Mr. Mr. Smith, do you know what um Zion Williamson's uh shooting average is in the NBA? <laughs> Depends on what shooting you're talking about. <laughs> so, so he is roughly about a 50% give or take uh shooter from about field goal percentage and all that. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but if she knew him the way that she said that she knew him, she knows that this man cannot shoot worth the damn. So he's only gonna hit it half the time. If I you mean, get it, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so you know, hopefully that will come to a head and just everybody will breathe up. But hey, do what you gotta do. Uh, John Morant, now that the finals is over, we're all just waiting for what his suspension is gonna be. I'm gonna guess like 35 games, maybe half the season. Um, me personally. I feel like he should be for the whole season. However, I feel like that might also be counterproductive because then he'll probably get into more riffraff, which would then hurt his his stock and his brand. So we'll see what happens with that. But we're all waiting patiently. And then lastly, to the boxing world. So listeners, if you don't know, which I'm sure a lot of you probably didn't because there was no promotion for this, there was an exhibition fight between Floyd Mayweather and John Gotti III. That fight was set for like, think 10 rounds or 12 rounds, whatever. Round six or round eight, 
Gotti is getting frustrated because, well, it's Floyd Mayweather. You, he, this is this is the epitome of Bob and Weed, duck and dive. You ain't hitting me. So he gets a little serious, to which you can tell Floyd still got it, even at his age. He can turn it on off and on when he wants to. So you can tell, like, he's tagging him, stepping back, doing all the stuff. So Gotti starts to clinch. Now, listeners, if you don't know in boxing, when you clinch, when the ref says break, you break. You break apart. Well, he didn't break the first time. And, you know, whatever. Floyd, whatever. Tagged him a couple more times. He clinches. The dude clinches Floyd all the way to the end, to the ropes, holding on to Floyd, the back of Floyd's neck. So the ref finally breaks him. And the ref starts saying, that's it. It's over. It's done. We're not doing this anymore. It's disqualification. You can see Floyd in the video go, no, nah, no, nah, let's keep fighting. He's good. We good. Don't worry about it. He's like, nope, nope, it's over. Gotti then says, yeah, F you. Pushes the ref out the way and starts to square out with Mayweather while he gets a street fight. When I tell you Mayweather's reflexes were on point, this man backed up and started smiling like, oh, I'm about to tag this fool here. Gotti throws three haymakers and misses all of them. Floyd counters with a with a, a right hook. When I tell you, Gotti stumbled. Before you knew it, Floyd's entire security teams, I'm talking 40 niggas, jumped yep. to that ring. And they, it looked like it was about to be bad. Like, they was ready to beat the brakes off of him. So, all right, you know, brawl, whatever is happening. Get it situated. Then it spills on the outside of the ring where Floyd's camp, uh, 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 money team, bodyguards, and, and, and entourage is fighting other people. At one point, one of the folks in Gotti's entourage got a hold of Yaya, which is Floyd's daughter. And when I tell you that entourage caught that man so quick, I was like, oh, damn. But I say all that to say that wasn't apparently the main event, listeners. The main event was Jocelyn Hernandez. Yes, listeners. Love and hip-hop Jocelyn. Yeah, Miss Stevie, where's the contract, Stevie? That, that Jocelyn Hernandez apparently was fighting a person by the name of Big Lex backstage after this was all said and done. And when I tell you Jocelyn beat the brakes off Big Lex, I'm talking wig cap, gone. Wig, halfway off the head. <laughs> Eyelashes, gone. It was bad. She got that girl leaking. But I say that to say, Jocelyn, sweetie, we can tell you was on that cocaina because you look like a mad bull that just could not be stopped. And um, yeah, and like at one point, she's like searching for Big Lex. This I'm going to say IG model, to keep it polite, if you know, you know, listeners, walks past Jocelyn. Jocelyn taps her in the back of the head with this, like, concerned look, like, where is she? Like, she's just looking for somebody. The, the model then throws a drink on Jocelyn. Jocelyn turns around, and when I tell you she made a beeline for this model, and this model is, like, run skipping away, but it's like, sweetie. Your skirt is way too short to be able to do that. You you can't run. Like, the minute you run, your cheeks are out immediately. So, like, what do we do? Why did you even throw it? You should have just been like, you know what? I could sue or just walk away. But it goes to show security tried to get her out of there. And it was just a mess. Like, it looked like a hot ghetto mess. And to that, I say, Floyd, just chill, bro. You made your money. We know. We got it. You undefeated. You won the best boxes of all time. Just relax. Have fun with your guy, with your grandbaby. That is all. Mm. But 
Um, if you have any other questions, comments, or want to learn more about the NFL, hit up my boy Red Wolf on his YouTube and his Instagram. His links will be in the description below. Plenty of other music. Holiday season. Um, yeah. So now listeners, we're gonna go ahead and hop into our next segment, which is now mind you. Um, for those who don't know, now mind you is a segment where we talk about stories from the internet that we find interesting. We talk about it in the black vernacular of now mind you to tell you the key or vital por- portion of said story. Now, you know, listeners, if you have not been living under a rock and just having to be anywhere and anywhere um news is being presented, you would have heard that uh Trumpito, the mango Mussolini himself has been indicted slash arrested again for more things. Mr. Smith, you want to take it away? Sure. So the title of this article says, Trump sits silently in Miami courtroom. Please not guilty in historic case. So listeners, if you don't know, Trumpito got indicted. But not for what you think it is. No, it's not for January 6th. No, it's not for the heinous things that he's done as president. No. You want to know what this guy got, got indicted for? For taking work home. And, and by that, it, you know, but it, it's funny because it's, it's it's literally the classified documents that you're never supposed to take outside of secure buildings and listeners as a federal contractor. We'll say that. Can't give away too much. But as a federal contractor, like it is said in your um, in your welcome packages and in your security briefings. You are not allowed to put this on anything, take it home. You got to stay in a safe location. And like this man has like the highest stuff. Like he can see stuff that I can't even see at my clearance. So like, nah, it, it, he shouldn't have did that. But anywho, the article says, former President Donald Trump pleaded not guilty Tuesday in Miami federal court to a 37 count indictment accusing him of delivery keeping at his Palm Beach estate, government documents that contain highly sensitive defense, weapons, and nuclear information, and of obstructing efforts by U.S. authorities to reclaim them. I want you to keep that in mind, listeners. 37 counts, okay? In the packed courtroom, Trump entered his plea in a historic case making marking the first federal prosecution of a former president and a potential hurdle in his renewed quest for the presidency in a 2024 election. That's still freaking crazy, but whatever. We most certainly enter a plea of not guilty, said attorney Todd Blanche, who was representing Trump in court alongside Chris Keis, a Florida-based attorney to the former president since last fall. Trump was arraigned a day before his 77th birthday, appearing before Magistrate Judge Jonathan Goodman on the 13th floor of the Wilkie D. Ferguson Jr. Courthouse in downtown Miami. Trump was released on his own recognizance with no monetary bond and no travel restrictions. Hold on. Listeners, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you heard it too. You heard it. You heard it right. Go ahead. Let, go ahead. Let, let me let me say that again. Just so you remember how I said this man has 37 counts. Three seven. 30 plus seven counts, right? He was released on his own recognizance with no monetary bond and no travel restrictions. Meaning this nigga didn't have to pay bond to get out. Meaning he don't gotta worry. He don't got he's not on a no-fly list. This man can travel wherever he wants. Are you kidding me? If that ain't white privilege, I don't know what is. Junebug could be caught for an ounce of weed, and this man will literally have a, a bond of like $100,000 or some crap. And God forbid if it's a case that has more than five counts, oh, nah. Uh, 
he can't travel outside the state. Meanwhile, a former president who held classified documents and knows information that could be detrimental to the state of the Union of the United States has no travel restrictions? Right. Oh, y'all wild. Y'all wild. Go ahead. I understand how you can still plead not guilty when you clearly were caught red-handed. It's all formalities. Oh, yeah. I know. That, that's the part that just throws me off. Hold on real quick. Mr. Smith, I know this isn't an article, but can you scroll up for a sec? On the side of this article, I actually see a picture of Donald Trump being like painting in the courtroom. Dog, don't he look like a used up piece of gum? I'm sorry. The question, that, that, the question, the question is, is it bubblicious or is it bubble tape? Big chew. Because you know okay. it, it blows its wide in like 10 seconds. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I'm here all week, guys. I'm here all week. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, this is it's crazy to me. Like, dog, there is so many things. Like, dog, didn't he just you you were just in court the other day? Like, I know these judges are tired of seeing this man. It's like, dog, how many times we gotta teach you this lesson, old man? And then got the nerve to say all these different things and talk about I'm still running. Dog, Nick, sit your ass down. You need to be running on a treadmill, not for president. That part is people still vote for him. That's yeah. That's gonna be the crazy part. This is America, dog. They, like even if he doesn't officially get a nomination, he's going to run as a third party, dog. It's just stupid. Well, is it actually his own party, the Orange Party? Corner. Corner. <laughs> Solid. So you gonna dab me up? Dab me up? You go see yourself to the corner. <laughs> Solid. Solid. I'm not mad at that, that was that. Yeah. Yeah, that was That's good. Solid. That was a solid one. It it took it, it, it had a nice it had a nice little like that was a solid margarita, right? With a double shot. It tasted it was good, and then it had that little kick of the end, like ooh, ooh, okay, okay. But I, I I will say the last thing I'll say to this is, you know, this is white privilege when you have no bond, like you don't have to pay bond, you don't have any travel restrictions, and they didn't make this man take a mug shot. What? Uh uh-uh. uh. I mean, nah. he's been having white privilege since he ran the first oh, yeah. time. Duh. Like, I thought he, when they in the dictionary, they should write, when they write it, they should put a picture in his face right next to white privilege because it's, he's the true definition. You should also put it right next to a definition of pasty white man. In what mm-hmm. an orange looks like. In a oompa loompa. And what a hairpiece doesn't look like. The man's alive in the back. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right. So we're we going to hop into our next story. Um, listeners, for those who don't know, Rick Ross, I, I can't recall his um his government name, but Rick Ross has his own rap uh rap label called Maybach Music Group. I believe it is the term. So on his uh, on his label, he has most of the artists, or he had most of the artists, which I have still yet to ever forgive them for what they did to Wale's career. Wale should have never been on Maybach Music. That's just my personal feelings on the matter. But um, yeah, you have different artists. Um, I can't tell you. Well, is Meek Mill song on Maybach or is he independent? He, I mean, technically, Maybach is not really there, so they're all kind of independent. Okay. In a way. 
You got him. And I mean, you used to have Wale. I think Omarion was on, on the label at one point. There's a lot of mm-hmm. artists. But there's a particular artist by the name of Gunplay. I remember Gunplay because he looked like the stereotypical Florida nigga. Also looking like Robbie Anderson from every football team in the NFL. Got the, th- got the wick locks. Them joints looking like you got five sprouts coming out of your head like a pineapple. Not everybody can pull them jokers off, people. And okay. got and, and 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 gunplay is not one of those people. That's why when you see this video, if you ever look it up, he, he has already cut his hair. But we're getting off topic. Sorry. I was gonna say Jay-Z grew into his. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, but reform locks is a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. So in so in this particular story, um Gunplay decides to give his, I guess, his boss or what his OG or his big brother, Rick Ross, a uh, a, a gold chain. Like, short appreciation. Mr. Smith, play the clip. Just for everything, man. Just for being a boss. And just, you know. Okay, let me get this all set up. All right. So, you know. Come on now. Oh. So, you know, I got Animal Shelter as my. My, my, my vibe, you know what I'm saying? Believe it. So, we're gonna go head on and rock the Ooh. the whole the line like that. <laughs> shelter, you already know what it is. And this how we live, this how we move. We always been dogs, <laughs> dog check. Dogs, you hear me? But yes, my sir. nigga, I appreciate this. And boy, that much. Animal shelter. I'm a rep it for life. I'm a keep it for life. I never said it, bro. You know I love. Um, listeners, before we go any further, I have questions. One, why are you? Why is Rick Ross laying in the bed? Thank you. Okay. I Two, <laughs> why is Rick Ross with no shirt on? I have so many questions. Three, why does it sound like this man just woke up? God. This man sounds like he just woke up after after meal nap. Hey, hey, but listen, listen, for those of y'all in New Orleans, I understand. Because that's exactly how I felt when I was in New Orleans. That food would put you out like that. That's fine. But why is this man, like, you couldn't give this to him in a different time in the living room? Like, you couldn't let this man wake up and put a shirt on? By the pool with no shirt on? Why he got to be laying down? He got to be sitting up. Dog, like, I swear, he rolled over, saw this man just staring and gleaming at him like, Disappreciate you, dog. That's some psychotic shit. But on top of that, you would think, okay, cool. I mean, rappers giving each other chains. That 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 that's nothing out of the new. But um, yeah, listeners. Uh, you would think that this is the end of the story, but apparently, said gunplay uh rapper um apparently had a GoFundMe pers- uh in place for his daughter who had needed medical procedures. Mind you, he gave the necklace. Almost, I think, almost like a week or so, like literally, not even like two weeks after he started up the GoFundMe for all that money. So people had questions. Let's hear his thoughts on the matter and hear his explanation. Play the clip. Every single one of you assholes and Richard that went to GoFundMe and donated. This nigga's name is Richard. Mm-hmm. If you see this man, how are you gonna name a nigga like this, Richard? The person said, Richard, Richard, no! Like, Richard, just, no. you just sound like an old white couple when you hear that. Get to you the clip. And went and get a motherfucking refund. You never gave it with your heart. Mm. 
you a piece of shit. Oh, God. You'll die that way. Richard! Mm. Not for real. I didn't even know you could do refunds on GoFundMe. That's crazy. But in 90 days, mm -hmm. people that see me give my brother a gift, they automatically want to say that I bought that with GoFundMe money. Had to pay that back. So now, if you really want to be for real, my if a nigga spunked out on the chain, how the f they got it right back instantly right. with no pressure. Right. If that's what you, you want your back, here, take it. Right. So all you and ass out there, fuck you, you never gave it from your heart and you gonna die a piece of shit. Wow. It was literally everything, like after we went out to eat. Everything oh. a nigga do we built the was GoFundMe go money. That's crazy. $30,000 from $50,000 on GoFundMe. Don't even pay somebody's rent entire year. From so we'll, we'll get back to their points. But Coach did you want to finish your thought before I say my, my piece? So she's defending? She's defending Kim, yes. Defending gunplay. Okay. I guess he, she's either dating, in a relationship, has some type of that, connection to him. That okay. That is the child's mother. Okay. Gotcha. So first and foremost, who are you to tell people, A, what they can spend their money on? If they don't like with you, you're the idiot, sir, who decided to give a gift to somebody. If you have money, sir, I'm not saying because he clearly is not rich if you're asking for a GoFundMe. And I'm not trying to be rude or funny or anything like that. No, you're being accurate. Yes, correct. So like. Okay, cool. But at the same time, if you have money to give Rick Ross that gold chain encrusted crystal thing, you should be able to pay for your child's uh care. Right. You should not be gifting extravagant gifts right. to anybody. And I'm yes, you are we should we should not be assuming that oh maybe you got this before you posted the GoFundMe and it just came in and you just gave it. Why do you have to give it on so social media? Why cannot this be a personal gift that you give away? Why you gotta show it out? Because it's a lifestyle, you gotta floss, man. So I'm just these are just little things. And now you wanna come on here and be mad. Now you wanna be mad at people because and don't be knocking to the girl's point. Don't be knocking somebody's um um salary for a year. You clearly probably make more than that. A oh year. yeah, no, no. So that's... don't insult somebody else's uh salary you're not helping them they took time out of their little bit of salary that you want to insult right. no matter how much the fuck it is yeah let it be five dollars twenty dollars five hundred dollars that is called selfishness with your expectation that it should be a high amount right. we all know how i feel about finances so that pissed me off little yeah no i'm about to say wow um, but yeah, Mr. Smith, that was a like that was a piece that really caught me off guard. Like him saying all that stuff, he's just trying to save face and trying to make himself look less bad because he knows, dog. It's just it's just bad optics. Like you you can't do that in the same time frame. You can't do one do another. It's literally like loaning somebody twenty dollars when you owe someone else twenty dollars, dog. If you have it, pay it back. Even if you had zero, you don't owe nobody nothing. But let's get back to lady real quick, man. What was the amount that she said? Like, it's not a lot of money again? Please help me she out. Said, she said um, 30, uh, I think it was like 30 to 50. Yeah, she said 30 to $50,000 on GoFundMe. Um, don't even pay somebody's rent for the entire year. I don't know who the hell she's talking about because that paid my rent for the entire year. How about <laughs> it? Sir, 
I'm about to say that'd get us an entire house down it here shows, in the south. It shows how disconnected people, how disconnected they are. Like if you can have that type of mindset, that says the type of quality of life that you have, which means that you are able to fund said lifestyle. With gunplay, I can't even name five gunplay songs. I don't even really know who gun. I mean, I know his name, but that's about it. Like, dog, I, you don't go ahead. I about to say I only know one song, but it's not his. He's featured on it. It's actually Rick Ross's song, but he has the hardest verse on that song. So, oh yeah, no, like he's got verses. I just dog ain't even got an album, and if he got an album, I ain't I ain't heard it. I don't care about cancellations and things like that. But did he just cancel himself? Probably not. I'm just kidding. Uh, he went hair. He went in. So like, he's not relevant enough for them to. Cancel him. Okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like it's He's just relevant for us enough to talk about him on our podcast. Well, I mean, we don't get paid to do this, so I'm just saying we do this because it's fun and we just talk shit on it. Just gonna point it out. You know, I like to play devil's advocate. You're right. You're right. You're right. But um, yeah. Um, I guess shout out to Richard. Hopefully, your your daughter gets the treatment that she needs. Um, but yeah, Richard, chill the fuck out. You don't care about like dog. You talking all this shit, talking about people, people being a piece of shit, dog. Your hair was a piece of shit when you had it. But we're not talking about that no more. Moving and finishing up with something on a more positive note. Shout out to Medea, the playwright, Tyler Perry himself. Tyler Perry has, as of Monday, June 12th, taking control of BET. Let's read more. So basically, let's give you a breakdown. The reports mentioned that Tyler Perry's acquisition comes... Sorry, what happened between BT and Tyler Perry? The report mentions that Perry's acquisition comes as Paramount is losing money. Perry's deal is valued at at an as of yet. God, that is an awkwardly worded sentence. On yet, un, yeah, of yet undisclosed amount. It will give him controlling control over BT Media Group, which is also comp- uh, comprised of networks like VH1. So basically, he has control over BT and VH1. Basically, he's dealing with Viacom. So, Perry is no stranger to working with BT. The star partnered with the company via his Tyler Perry Studios banner to create BT Plus, a streaming service that features both original films and series for the BT programming library. Since its launch, the streaming service has been massive. In 2021, BT Plus accounted for half of the subscriber growth and nearly all revenue growth for the channel. The The news comes from... Oh, what in the world? The news come from comes following news that Paramount Global has been seeking to sell a majority stake in BT. Earlier this year, Perry expressed optimism about buying the company, saying that if it is a possibility, he was very, very interested. Rumor? No, it's not a rumor. I've been there for four years now and had tremendous success, said Perry to Entertainment Online. I wasn't expecting this to happen. So yes, if that is possible, I'm very, very interested in taking as much of it. If it's possible, I'm going to take as much of it as I can. So basically, I just want to bring this to everybody's attention that this is a big deal. Like for the first time in a long time, for all intents and purposes, BET, Black Entertainment Television, is actually Black owned again. Black people making Black decisions about Black entertainment. And say all you want about the quality or of the wigs and some of the material that he puts out. But there's still something to be said about a black man or a black person owning their shit and making that for the people. For the people, by the people. Yes, Coach Scientist. 
Oh, all I was gonna say was a. I'm actually for the wigs and the corniness still of Tyler Perry of some of his stuff, and the reason is is to me it goes to it still plays to like the originality of the plays and things like that and the creativity of the plays. I remember um, going when he he was traveling around with plays and things, going to different cities, and he he would come to different the different library auditoriums in Las Vegas and me and my mom would take me and then a couple years later I found out oh this man is now like making movies what mm -hmm. like this was in the epitome a part of my childhood and a part of him and like his growth and I don't care what like he might not be the most perfect person or do the things that we would like for him to do sometimes and things like that or his wigs are trash a little bit yeah, and we the, know they are the storylines are not the greatest all the time there's always you know a black you know somebody saving the black woman sometimes however this man has came a very long way and his goal has always been to help others and to help especially the black community so like brother x said Having BET get being black owned again and knowing where his journey started, you know, applies. Good shit. I'm about to say good, good shit, black. Shit. Good shit, black man. Good shit. You but know, it's, that's it's, how it's, I it's, it. it's always proof. Now, um, can I hold a dollar though? For real though. I, I'm about to say you a little something. You want us to help you with some podcasts? Like give give us like give us a, a, a 20 minute spot on 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 BET Plus. So, I just need donations. Money. Money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Stripper dollar. One's from questionable women. I like stripper dollars. Monopoly money, but real. Yes. Uh <laughs> Wakandan books. Just go ahead and throw us your bucks in there, why don't you? Huh? Just go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say them next. I'm sure you got some, Mrs. Smith. Next question. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> so with that being said, man, just shout out to Tyler Perry. Um that that's just it's just really, really dope, man. I'm just I'm very happy for you from one black man to another. It's also good to see positive stuff. Now let's continue to build the table and create our own stuff and allow for more voices to be heard. Allow more writers, allow more people who are new get get their foot in the door, man. So we're actually going to do something we haven't done in a while. Um, something that came across my newsfeed on Facebook that I really want to take the time to highlight. Um, I want to give a shout out, a Black Business shout out to Liberation Station Bookstore. It is North Carolina's first owned Black children's bookstore. And it opens up as of the time of this recording uh, this upcoming Saturday. So that is June the 17th, I believe it is. So it was actually found, if I go to the page, which you can find them on Liberation Station Bookstore on Instagram and on Facebook, um, they were established actually back in 2019. Um, they, are, they state themselves as unapologetically, unapologetically and unwaveringly Black for our children by our children. So it's a phenomenal story. You actually have a, you can go to their page and you can go to the website. They're actually having a um, event, like I said, this upcoming weekend. You can check them out. They actually give you a little blurb about why a bookstore, where they say, to which we say, why not? One day while shopping for books that represent our two boys, Emerson and Langston, we realized that narratives, narratives 
centering characters like them were not really readily available. So we decided to change that. What sets us apart? This family of four reads every book before it hits our shelves, which means you get four vantage points of the Black experience approving the title. So it kind of goes on to give you more information, but this is a Black family. Beautiful. Love it. Black love is always wonderful. Ain't that right, baby? He is, baby. Exactly. So again, that is Liberation Station Bookstore located in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, 208 Fayetteville Street, Suite 201. Again, the event will be on June 17th, starting at 11 a.m. All the information will be in the show notes. All right, guys. So uh, you've probably seen in the title of this, um, at the time of this recording, we're a few days away from um, Father's Day. So I thought it was very apropos to um, to take some time to acknowledge fathers. Now, I know I said a few weeks back, listeners, that um, I was going to have, have a talk to my dad for a little bit about um, about Father's Day, but I, being transparent enough with myself, recognizing that I'm not fully in the headspace to be able to do it alone. So I called on 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 my my brother, Mr. Smith, and and my person, the coach of scientists. So I feel like we have a quick dialogue about Father's Day and some things about what it means to be a father and other things like that. So I guess the first question I just kind of kick off the conversation is, Coach Scientist, what is a father to you? Well, you have the traditional sense of a father, which is the father who biologically Mm -hmm. donated some DNA. Correct, correct, correct. Um, But really, the definition of a father to me is a man who raises a child or helps put input into a child, especially to one that may not have that particular person in their life. Um, And they make a role. And there are all types of fathers. And just if there are fathers that are better off, you know, from a distance and trying to love their child from a distance, but not all fathers, it's not always about the money. I think it's the time that you spend and the quality that you put in and the memories that you make Mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's what I would say a father is. Yeah. Um, Mr. Smith, what would you say your definition of what a father is? It's really hard to kind of follow it, um, what culture scientists said, because that's kind of how I feel. It's like a, a person that, whether biologically or stepped up, is in your life to, or in a child's life to help bring the child up in this world, nurture, uh, teach and rear them to be a successful con- contribute contributor to the world and to prolong the legacy of whether it's the family name or, or the bi- biology or whatever. That is what a father is to me, is someone who is there to kind of help mold, shape, and, and I guess lead you into a path or lead their child into a path in which uh, helps them to contribute more into this world as they get older. Hmm. I think those are very powerful words, and I, and I and I and I thank you guys for sharing that. And I know for me, as I kind of thought about this, and this kind of almost goes back to mental um, health check that I, I I've been wrestling with what it what a father is for for some time now. I'm trying to figure out how to kind of put my feelings about what's going to be the first um father's day without my father being here and 
I remember seeing a couple of days ago uh, a hit memory from when my father retired from being a pastor. And I guess what I would say in an abbreviated version of what a father is, is your child's first hero, your child's first role model. In a sense, you take on the responsibility or you should take on the responsibility of teaching and exemplifying what it means to carry yourself in different environments and how to navigate different spaces in a healthy way so that they're in a position to be successful and leave things better than they found them. So I think that as we kind of look at the definition, I think it's something that, yes, you have overarching points, but the nitty gritty and what each father has to be for their child is different because for some fathers, being a father means that you have to do the dirty work. You have to do the things that may unfortunately take you away from the family to provide them a quality of life. Taking on the responsibilities, being the bad guy, recognizing that, hey, I'm not going to be the always be the soft person, which means we're not saying all fathers have to be tough and disciplinarians because I think that's a very big misconception of what a father can be. A father, in a sense, is supposed to show your child how you can be, something to aspire to, which, like I said before, is what I would consider a hero. Yes, Coach Sanchez. So are we transitioning into the world? Just asking. We can. We can. We can go ahead and get into the next question. Um, with that being said, I know I touched on it briefly, but what would you guys say is a father's role? I know we hit on it a little bit, but if we want to go into more detail, Coach Sanchez. So I was thinking from the woman's perspective, um, and when we were talking about what a father is, it kind of falls into the same thing, that for a lot of women, you end up marrying your father, <laughs> basically. Um, and I remember the first time Brother X came home to Vegas, um, and again, just like to point this out, he's the first and ever guy to ever make it home to Vegas. Okay. So that's how you knew it was real. Um I asked my sister that we were all sitting around at one of the restaurants and I said, Sissy, does he remind you of daddy? And she says, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like to that note, I think is for women, the father is the first man to teach her how to love. Mm -hmm. to show her who who how she should be loved um and you know just a good role model in that sense of the matter to allow like this is how this is how it's supposed to be unfortunately that's not always the case um but that is essentially like little girls are always seeking their father's approval to some extent right and things like that um so i think from the woman's perspective that is a part of the role you know, mm -hmm. of the father is to show them. Shout out to my cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's been on the episode once. His brother has been on a couple of times. Right. Um, but one of the things that he does as a father, which I appreciate, is ever since the little girl was born, I'm worried that she's gonna have this complex when she gets older. <laughs> but <laughs> it is such a like beautiful thing, though. At the same time. He tells her, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. To the most beautiful girl in the world. And you can clearly see the love that he has for his daughter. And it's like the most beautiful thing you can ever see. Again, I'm worried she might develop a complex. But, you know, hey, 
Somebody guess. else will help balance that part out. Hopefully. Well, I think I think that that plays almost into another part. Another part of the role of a father is to build self confidence in their child, to empower them to be like, I can do anything, even though. Yeah, you can win, be on the varsity basketball team when you know the jumper is broker than um, my bank account. But you just know that like you have to empower your child. Like one thing that, as I think to my father and my mother, shout, shout out to Mama X, um, my father showed the role of always being present. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about delivering things, but being present in the moments. As I reflected way back when I did the celebration of life with my father, I recognized that in almost every major moment in the times that I started realizing it, from the time I started playing sports when I was playing soccer, he was at every game. When I realized I wanted to play football, I shared this story with um, people at the ceremony, but I still remember one of the most clear and vivid things and exemplify who my father was, was he gave me the confidence to go out and try football when I was a sophomore in high school, knowing good and well, neither one of us knew what we were doing, but we took a football and we went right across the street from the house that I grew up in to the park. And we spent like a good 30 minutes acting like we knew how to throw a football to each other, but he knew that it was important enough to me. So he was present for those moments. And one of the beautiful things that my mother shared with me about my dad with all the stuff that my mom used to run around and go do one thing you always used to share with her that he told her, I'll be right here. I'll be here when you get back. And with so many things in this world that are constantly changing and we don't have control over, the ability to be present for those that you love and care about can never be understated. Because in those moments, you recognize that, just like the culture scientist said, you're looking for their approval, but you're also looking to make them proud. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it really is. And I think it's a beautiful thing because I'm not a father yet, but I can put myself in the mindset of nothing makes a, a father or a dad proud to see their children become who they're meant to be and to know that they played a role in it. Not because you gave them all the things that they wanted, but you gave them the things that they needed, whether it was the... <laughs> <laughs> beating them across the head a couple of times because of being a knucklehead or sitting down with them and talking through some of the most tragic things that happen in their life. And God rest his soul, just being a sounding board. Like I knew my father and I had gotten to the type of relationship that I needed and what we both needed was when we started talking about real life situations. And I remember when I started talking to my pops about about the culture scientists and how things just felt different and how he just kind of sat there and when I came to him asked saying that hey I really think that she's the one and I want to propose to her that he just sat there in his very stoic <laughs> just the weird head tilt to the side you can never read that <laughs> message never, like <laughs> I promise you he would be fantastic at okay. poker and all those things, but you just, he always knew what to say, to say, even if it wasn't an answer to your question, he gave you the pieces to figure it out. 
<laughs> and it was always so phenomenal. And I think that that speaks so much. And frustrating and <laughs> helpful. Yeah, man. And I think that that that's the thing. Like for fathers, it's not in a bad way, but it's almost a thankless job. You, I remember there's this image of a father walking with his son that they both have tattered clothes, but the young boy clearly had on a pair of pants, but also had holes that were filled in with a different color pants. And all you had to do was look right next to the father who literally took pieces from his pants and put them on to his son's pants in order for him, his child to feel a level of confidence in himself. Even though people may look and stare, he still made sure that his child had what they needed. And that can never go understated. So I know I'm talking a lot, but um, Mrs. Smith, did you want to add in? Yeah, so for me, um, the role that I really see a father, or at least that I kind of know, is I always look at it as what we've always been taught as kids, the protector, the provider, and the disciplinarian. Of course, as a father, as a man, you are kind of, molded and taught that when you have a family you are the protector you are supposed to protect the house um you are also of course if you go back to olden times before women had rights and had to be the stay-at-home people you the man was the provider he went out got the job brought the money home so on and so forth now there's different aesthetics but they're still providing it may not be financially within the job but it's providing knowledge, it's providing wisdom, it's providing comfort, it's providing care, it's providing a listening ear, no matter what it could be. And then the disciplinarian. If you acting up, especially in a Black household, they're the ones that's supposed to pull you aside and be like, um, yeah, we ain't gonna do that. And, you know, when you think about it as a child, you're like, man, they warping on me, harping on me. I ain't even that bad, blah, blah, whatever. But then when you think about it, as you get older, they're disciplining you so that way you don't end up in jail or in the grave or acting out on some stupid stuff in which, in a world, they don't see you as human sometimes. And that's yeah. their job in the beginning is to mold that into you so that you know, like, trust and believe. My um, my dad used to always discipline me. I mean, he's military. He's ex-military. So y'all met my dad. You know that man. That man got some strong hands. That's oh, yeah. all that needs to be said. <laughs> but, you know, he was the disciplinarian. But at the same time, when I look back at it, some of the people that I see nowadays that have that some of the stuff that they'll talk about, be like, can you believe that this happened? Oh my God, like all I did was this. And I'm looking at him like, yeah, my dad taught me that when I was 12 and you don't do yeah. that. That's that's <laughs> dumb. So I say that to say, those are kind of the roles that I see in a father is making sure that they provide for the house, protect the house and make sure to mature the house with uh, children in order to in order for the child to grow up and be successful in this life and know how to navigate the pitfalls that life may bring. Not all of them, because 
Fathers are human too, and they're learning at the same time. But what they do know, they try to pass that knowledge down to the children so that they don't make the same mistakes that the father did. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a really great place to put things because, dog, there's just so many things that you just see and you when you have time to reflect on it, it's like, dog, fathers are tired. <laughs> they, they're tired, but they don't get to be tired. Like, I got to get going. I got to make sure they're good. Like, you know, in so many different cultures, there's always this rite of passage of becoming a man. And I know that sometimes there's other things that can help mature a young man to a fully grown man. But I believe fatherhood is one of the most mm. blessed ways for a man to mature. Because not only do you have to take responsibility of the woman that you chose to lie down with and to create a child with, whether intentional or unintentional, but you have to take a responsibility or you owe it to that child that you're getting ready to have that didn't ask to be here and you need to take care of them. And you got a child looking at you sometimes when they're like, dad, I don't know what to do. And whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, you as a man, you as a father has to be able to gotta provide the answers. Hey, dad, I don't feel good. Or hey, this person is picking on me. I don't know what to say to this person. How do I handle this situation? And the father, you just gotta have the answers even when you don't got to have the answers, which I know I'm speaking on a lot, but it always felt like my dad had some type of analogy or some story or something that would at least allow me to get into the headspace that even if I didn't get an answer or figure something out, I was in a better place than when I started. And that's invaluable because we all know sometimes we just want to be heard. Sometimes we just want to be able to release all that negative energy into a space where it's like, okay, now I can properly think. I know the answer. I just need to release what I have going on. And that is such a hard thing to find in other people. But in the father, you have to do that because your kids going to make mistakes. No matter if you buy them all the right things, put them in all the right schools, a human being is going to be a human being. And being a father, you have to be able to understand that, hey, they're not going to always like what you have to say, but you have to give them the tools to be able to be a function member of society. Now, granted, that's what you have. You also have your helpmate of your wife or your significant other, or but there is a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And in order to lead, you have to make sure that you have the right stuff. So you have to be able to work through your own stuff. Or sometimes in a really tough situation, you got to put yourself on the back burner for the betterment of your household. And then like you... Both of y'all touched on this point a little bit, um, especially Mr. Smith, when you talked about like going back in time about what the expectations were of a father. The roles of what a father has changed. The roles of a man or the expectations of a man has slightly changed with the society of where we are now and things like that. And I think these roles need to be able to be able I mean the core of the role of a father is there and it's probably never going to change but how you go about it I think is important too and to your point brother x is about how fatherhood changes a man I completely agree I I often joke that a man will get the type of child that he needs to have Mm -hmm. um I think I get that from my mom because my mom used to say that in general about um 
My sister. About who? My sister. I'm gonna say speaking to the mic. She would receive the child that you know she would need, and or one child would be, you know, right. So like the guys that end up being the worst type of guys to women sometimes often end up with little girls for a reason. Uh, like there, like I'm not superstitious, but there is something to that. And like it doesn't happen all the time, right? But it happens more often than not. Very and true. I love those are my favorite type of men to get little daughters because the way they uh, they fawn over them is ridiculous and adorable mm. and amazing. And the change that you see that they try to implement is there. Not all are successful. Yeah, um, but you, it's something. It's like, like I, I think I've talked about it before. Where like it was just a switch that came on when I I figured out my relationship with coach scientists was different. But it is very clear that you can see a light switch go off in some men who choose and who are recognizing that, hey, I got to start moving differently. I got I, like I got to get my shit together because. For those who didn't have a father growing up, you don't want that for your child. And a lot of times you recognize that some men try to do what they do because they want their kid to have better than what they had. They know, hey, I went through a hard time without my father. I want to be there present. And if I do nothing else, my kid knows that I love them, that I'm present, and that I'm always there for them. Whether it's going to be a soft answer or a hard answer. So I think that is really a great way to kind of encompass it. So as we kind of bring this episode close to the end, I do want to have one last moment. Um, we can kind of go around and share, maybe one or two, whatever you feel led to share. Um but what are some of your favorite moments with your father? Anybody like to go first? Oh, okay, Mister. Yeah. So I um, for my dad, one of the well, there's two. Obviously, one of the top moments is seeing his face as I walked across the stage stage at the illustrious Hampton University Standard of Excellence, number four HBCU with the highest graduation rate. Talk about it. But um, that was oh. definitely that was definitely one where like seeing like the proud father face stance, like you could feel it. And it was like, you know, as a child, like I actually did something right. But my top moment that I will never forget, he my father was my coach when I was in rec recreational basketball, Pop Warner. And so I was a coach's kid. And he had a hand signal for me. When the game was tight and he I was I was his three-point specialist. His hand signal would be three fingers to the chest. And all he would say is, Mr. Smith, put his three fingers to the chest. I nod. That means you got the green light. Shoot away. Fire that rock, fire that ball at will. One of the gate, I think this was probably like a playoff game or something. And we were up two or three, something like that. But he knew that the other team was going to use their size to beat us down. And he said, All right, we need to get this together. Actually, I take that back. Wrong game. The game I'm talking about, we were down three. That's what it was. So we're on the foul line. And I remember to this day, I'm all of four, what, 10, four, nine, whatever, but I'm only 12. And I remember to this day, he yells out, Mr. Smith. I look over, 
He gives me the nod and puts three to the chest. And I said, okay. And he said, you got one minute, fire away. Cool. And the offensive set that we ran, we ran a 1-3-1, one, one, which is one a, a point guard bringing the ball up. I was a shooting guard, so I sat on the wing. Small forward sits on the other wing. Power forward sits on the foul line. Center rotates on each side of the uh, baseline. For some reason, that team kept playing a zone, which would leave me wide open. When I tell you in, what, 30 seconds, I scored nine points because all they kept doing was the point guard was swing it up, swing the ball, fire. They come down, fire. I come back, fire. They come back. It is 10 seconds left in the game. Call timeout. He says, look, I got the hot hand. Hmm, I got to bleep that out. Dang it. Mr. Smith got the hot hand. <laughs> I, instead of you being on the wing, I need you to be on the baseline. When you go inside, throw it to the center. They're going to double team, swing it to the Mr. Smith. You got you to gotta make it. They do the play goes exactly as planned. The center gets the ball. They double team him. I'm literally set on the baseline in the catch and shoot stance. Pass it to me. I fire it. And when the ball goes to the bottom of the net, I look directly at my dad. And my dad was speechless because he was just like, my boy literally did that. And I'm telling you, like, listeners, it was two seconds left as soon as I fired that ball off. So by the time the ball went in, it was maybe like point seven. And they had no timeouts, so they couldn't get a, a, a pass. So that was the game winner. And I literally just remember my dad picking me up and was like, "I am. this is going to age me, I already know. I am taking this boy to Blockbuster and McDonald's because this man <laughs> played his butt off. And, he, and, and mind you, my family is a basketball family, so my mom was the assistant coach and the statistician. And he looked at, his, he looked at my mom and was like, we taking this boy to get a happy meal, and this boy's going to Blockbuster for a game. I don't care. He earned it, and I, I ain't going to lie. That was one of my fun – that's one of the funniest moments we still talk to this day. Um, when Teacher Bay went to go see my dad me, – when me and Teacher Bay went to go see my dad, like, last week, we actually brought that moment up, and she just started laughing. He was like, uh-uh, that was my three-point specialist. I had a hand – I had a hand and everything. So, love you, Daddy Smith. That That is one of my favorite moments. Coach of Sciences, would you like to go next? Um, I don't know if I have a moment, but one of my favorite things I think, or my about my relationship with my father, mm -hmm. is that you know how most girls, I was a Girl Scout, right? And most girls, when you're a Girl Scout, it's your mother, um, <laughs> who's with you. Um, but it was my father. It was me and him, just out there camping, hiking, fishing, learning how to tie knots getting me my patches and things and like that was the quality time that me and my father got to spend together me and my mom spent time a whole different way <laughs> um but me and my my dad you know I was sick as a, as a kid and my mom was the one that took care of me and she made sure all of that so like I'm very grateful for that but my dad wasn't really involved on that side like he he knew he was aware mm -hmm. but in my perspective he was never really like he, if you were to ask him a question about my health, he wouldn't be able to answer you right off bat. Right. But we bonded in the way to help me also feel like a normal little girl was, you know, camping. You know, I was top cookie seller every year. All the girls loved having my father as dad troop leader. You know, <laughs> it was amazing. And then outside of Girl Scouts, we would go camping. Shout out and rest in peace to my auntie Jojo. 
we would go camping with my auntie Jojo. We would go. Um, so an exact moment would be canoeing mm-hmm. down the um by the Hoover Dam. You can get and go canoeing down that river. Um, and on the other side of Lake Mead, <laughs> and oftentimes I would be in the front. My dad would be in the back and I'd be in the front. I'm supposed to help, you know, steer. Mm-hmm. And if things were going smoothly, sometimes I would lay back on the canoe, you know? And he would complain. That was his biggest complaint. <laughs> it was that I wouldn't always stare. He complains about me eating leftovers. And I always <laughs> am a leftover queen. Yep. To this day, yep. it is the core of what bothers him about me. I'm pretty sure. It's really funny. So, like, so I really am similar to your father. Then. Extremely. Okay. Um, And I like to call myself your... Not your typical daddy's girl. I think of myself as a daddy's girl mm-hmm. because he's just amazing and you know, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't I'm not up under him and want to follow him everywhere he goes. So Well, he be running. So and nor do I seek his like final, final approval. I mm-hmm. desire his approval, but you know, I've learned that I'm an adult and I must stand on my own. Yeah. And trust what they taught me. Is there? I mean that that's how it should be, man. Um, I guess I'll I'll finish off. Um, I I, I got to as I've been trying to work through my emotions and and contemplate and, and talk through. So you you'll excuse me if I if I'm a little bit emotional, but um, I, I mentioned earlier that my father just had this thing about always being present. I remember it was my senior year of high school, playing football. It was our play. It was a first round playoff game. I wasn't a big starter or player for the team, but my dad was there every game. Rain, sleet, snow, monster and rain when I was a freshman. Uh, shout out to our game against Providence Day. Um, we won 10 to 7. It was monsoon and rain. It was like a big storm. Nobody was there, but he he was right there in the stands supporting me. But going back to the game, we had we were beating um Raleigh's Ravenscroft. We we were up we were up a decent amount, so I got an opportunity to go into the game, and it was always this big thing. Like we 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 knew we had won, but I I got the opportunity and my, and had the love and support. So first and foremost, signed up. Shout out to my mom because coach scientists, y'all know like y'all know how my mom can can be a hooper and holler for for just about anything. Yeah. But she was excited for me. But I was just doing my thing. I was running, getting first down after first down. And it started to happen that I got close to the end zone. And so we all realized, like, they're trying to give me the ball so I can score. And they ran a running play for me at running back, and I made it into the end zone, and I scored. And because I was senior, they knew it was such a big moment to me because we knew as the games went on, I wouldn't get to play as much. And it was a blessing for him to be there and for after the game, I just remember just this big hug I had with him because he had seen it from, like I said earlier, from when I was struggling to even catch a football to doing, having that moment. And then for constantly always just him being there. I can't think of a time in my life where there wasn't a big enough moment. Even after I proposed to the culture scientist, he was there and then this past year when we had our um find your fit weekend find our fit weekend and even though listeners you know he was sick 
he still made sure he was present for him to see what our tribe had become in the fruits of labor of um the fruits of his labor and for him to be able to see that those are some of my favorite moments and I swore I wasn't going to talk about this but um I feel like it needs to be said when my father's health um started to decline and I first came down to visit him after him having uh having an emergency procedure and I came into the hospital room and I saw him there. He was resting. And I just sat there for with him for a long time. Didn't say a word, but I knew that he was still with us because I remember asking him before I left Thanksgiving, before I saw him, to wear my uh, Black Panther uh, bracelet. And just knowing that no, even though when they changed him into his hospital clothes and took all the things off, he refused to stop wearing that bracelet until he wasn't able to anymore and to just see him there. And for when the nurse came in and he saw, and she saw me holding my father's hand and they were doing a check on him. And he said, she asked him, so who is this? Just kind of make sure that he was alert and hadn't said anything, but he said very clearly, that's my son. And it took everything in me to not fall apart in that moment. And I think that is what it means to have a connection with your father, that the acknowledgement, the recognizing, and even in your own struggles, to be able to be there and to show that you still have that connection to what you've created and what you've mentored and what you've spent so much time with. I think that is the true definition of a man and a father. And those are just some of those moments. And I promise you, I could be a, <laughs> a tearful mess going in about so many more memories about him, but I will leave you on this. And this is our transparent moment. Um, For those who have lost your father, I know it's tough. Continue to be the example of what they worked so hard to develop in you. Love on your family, love on your peoples. And for those who have not gone through that and still have their father, cherish all those moments. I don't want to be cliche, but you don't know how much time you have. So you need to take those moments, whether big, small, whether it's whether it's just responding to a simple message on Facebook Messenger or it's a text message or a phone call. Make the time. We make the time for so many more things in our life, but make the time to spend it and talk with your parents and your family because that's all we got, man. Everything else is extra. So, um, okay. Let me see if I can do this. All right. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and bring this episode to a close. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can always check us out on our social medias at the TNT pod, one, two, three on Twitter, truth and transparency pod on Instagram. 
Truth and Transparency Pod on TikTok, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on YouTube. And if you ever want to share your thoughts, opinions, or anything else you have for us here on the podcast, you can always email us at truthandtransparencypod123 at gmail.com. And for the coach of scientists, for Mr. Smith, for all of our love, uh, our supporters and everybody who loves us. Um, if this podcast gets no bigger than what it is right now, they are forever grateful. We are forever grateful. And the immortal words of my father, eat the elephant one bite at a time. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Father's Day, y'all. Happy Father's Day. One thing that I've, I've learned over the years is that um, manhood or to be a man is a process. It's a journey. It's not something you're born with, but it's something that you learn from mistakes. You learn from other people. You learn from other men. And you, after a while, you learn that it is also your responsibility to carry somebody else. Not just your children, but it's important to be not your children's friend, but to be a guide. And it's the same thing for others. If you have other Black men around you or other men around you, be an example. Share your, share your weakness so that they will know that they have something that they can grow into. And it's not really all about that. And it's not about anybody else but yourself, because if you are not satisfied with yourself, then you can't be satisfied with anybody else. And you have to be able to say in the, in, in the middle of an open field all by yourself that I am. And when you can say I am and you can keep moving, it's the same thing whether you're in the middle of a city, whether you're in the country, but your, your status is, made, is all up here in your mind. And if you start to move forward and you're learning and you respect for yourself, you can learn and have respect for other people, 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 people. people.